Broadcasting live from the studios of Business Radio X, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Village Medical, an award-winning primary care practice. Village Medical, a new way to well. Hello, this is Dr. Jim Morrow. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. I, I say it most times, but I truly do appreciate uh, when anyone takes the time to sit down and listen and uh, take in what I th- am trying to get across to folks, hopefully you'll find that some of these are important to you. And uh, I hope that if you do, you'll pass it along to friends, tell someone else about the podcast. We like for everybody to be listening if they can. If you haven't done so, please hit the subscribe button on the app where you're listening. And I appreciate that very much. So I am with Village Medical as you heard just a second ago, uh, this is a national family practice uh, primary care group that is really uh, taking over the country as far as primary care goes. We've got offices everywhere from Arizona, Texas, uh, Georgia, certainly Florida, uh, up in New Jersey. There are others in the Northeast, and I'm not even sure where all they are. It's a, a rapidly growing a practice, and I think one of the things you will find when you come here is that you are taken care of exactly as you were when we were Mara Family Medicine, and really that you're taken care of in the way that you would like to be, and I don't think you can ask for a whole lot more than that. I've been doing this podcast for over a couple of years now, I guess, and coming up with topics can be a struggle, and this one was actually suggested uh, by a patient, and I appreciate that. Uh, very much when patients give me ideas, that's always good. Uh, my wife also mentioned that I should do one on this topic. And the topic I'm going to talk about is tremors. And there are a couple of different uh, specific types of tremors. Uh, there are more than that, but for the sake of time, we're going to talk about two main ones. So if you have or know someone that has a tremor, you know, they shake involuntarily, regardless when it might be. Uh, they may have what's called an essential tremor. Uh, that's also a familial tremor, they call it. And that's a lot more common than the other type, which is primarily a Parkinson's tremor, people that have Parkinson's disease. Um, I think the essential tremors are probably in the neighborhood of eight times uh, more common than Parkinson's. Uh, but there are differences, of course, in the presentation and the course of the disease or the condition or other, and also in the treatment of these two. Uh, but these differences are not always immediately clear uh, to anyone, and it's uh, not unheard of to have a misdiagnosis. Um, probably no more than about 20% of people who have an essential tremor, which is a benign condition, may develop Parkinson's. And honestly, I, I don't think that is so much related to the fact that they have an essential tremor. It's just that people also develop Parkinson's and nothing says you can't have two different types of tremors at the same time. So that that's not uncommon at all. So there right now are no definitive tests for an essential tremor. You can't go to a lab and get a blood test done. It doesn't work. You can't go to a neurologist and get a specific test, but it's really more of a clinical diagnosis. Um, the diagnosis is based on uh, the symptoms, the family history, medication history, and an exam by a physician to try to determine exactly what is causing your tremor. A lot of times getting a handwriting sample 
is very helpful. And one of the things people complain about very often is that their tremor is so bad they can't write or they, or their writing is not legible. And which makes me think I may have a tremor because my writing certainly is not legible, but that's been that way since the fourth grade. So I don't think that's related. Um, in a, a person that has the benign essential tremor, their handwriting is generally larger and obviously tremulous, you know, a lot of uh, waviness to the to the lines. And in Parkinson's, uh, what's called micrographia or very small handwriting is very common. And I mean, if you were to see an example of this, it is very small handwriting. There is a, a scan that's really not available in the vast majority of even metro locations. And it measures dopamine uptake. And this has been found to be a, a good way to differentiate between the essential tremor and Parkinson's. But I, I would be shocked if anybody had a tremor and actually to get diagnosis were able to find any place they could actually get a scan like that. So the, the benign tremor, the essential tremor, starts as a what's called a low amplitude tremor. And amplitude refers to the magnitude or the strength of the tremor. So if you see someone or if you have one of these, and if you just watch your hand, when it moves, it's usually back and forth in a flexion extension sort of way. But when it moves, the degree that to which it moves or even the inches that it moves, usually it's in more in millimeters than inches, but nonetheless, the amount it moves, that's the amplitude of the tremor. And with essential tremors, it can be anything from a very low, very small tremor to a coarse, almost really disabling tremor. And people complain about that, obviously, more than they do the smaller one. But as it progresses, the frequency may go down, which is to say the number of repetitions per second. So it might get slower, but it also might get larger, almost to a wave in some instances. The essential tremor is almost always bilateral. Sometimes it's more predominant in one hand than the other, but it's almost always bilateral, and it usually is hands. So when you're writing or eating or holding something, uh, especially something against gravity, something with some weight in it, then it can be very pronounced. And on the other hand, Parkinson's really presents more unilaterally, just one side, and it's really a, a, a tremor that occurs most often at rest. And that's probably the biggest, most useful differentiating point about the two is that Parkinson's is, a, is primarily, at least at the beginning, a rest tremor. And if you are sitting and wondering about this, if your hands are just comfortably placed in your lap, if your fingers and hands are not moving, you almost certainly don't have Parkinson's. Uh, the tremor in Parkinson's been referred to as a pill rolling tremor because your hands just kind of move and it looks as if you're rolling pills around in your hand, just like that. And really the, um, the, the diagnosis in a primary care office is very often based on nothing more than that. So the, the essential tremor can affect your arms and legs, arms and hands, obviously, but also you do see people that have a tremor to their, their head, some movement, or also a tremor to the voice. And it's not a tremolo, but it's very distinctive sort of sound. And that's a primary symptom of an essential tremor. 
when people have Parkinson's and they get symptoms other than just tremor, really you get gait issues, balance issues, and you get what's called bradykinesia, which means you just don't move quickly. And, and you can notice that. And you, the Parkinson's patients, at least in an advanced stage, have what's called stone facies, which is to say that they have almost no facial expression because you don't use muscles as much, which is why you're slow, why you shuffle, and also why you don't have a lot of facial expressions. And that's a very characteristic um, uh, symptom of Parkinson's. Now, the essential tremor um, most often starts during middle age. Uh, it can come out at any time. It can even come out when you're a child, but it usually starts in middle age. And I'm going to say that's 45 plus. And um, the progression of it really varies tremendously from patient to patient. Uh, and, and lots of people, it just stays very mild and never becomes any sort of real issue throughout their lifespan. And it doesn't really create any disability to speak of. But in others, it can progress quickly or greatly or both. And a lot of times people have a lot of trouble with daily activities that are hard or essentially impossible to complete. And one of the things that I see is that people who have an essential tremor, if they if they do some work with their arms and hands, I mentioned holding something, a, a weight against gravity. So if they're out in the yard, for example, um, moving a bunch of dirt around or anything, and then they come inside and try to eat soup out of a spoon, it's probably going to be essentially impossible uh, because the the fatigue in the muscles makes the tremor dramatically worse. And again, it's mainly a tremor when you're doing something. So when you try to do something like holding soup in a spoon, it can be very, very difficult. Uh, and most of those people won't even try to do that, as a matter of fact. Uh, and then the Parkinson's um, patients uh, don't really have that kind of problem with their when they're fatigued, but they usually start at a later age, number one, um, usually, I'm, I'm going to say over 60, probably. You don't see many people uh, under 40, although there is an early onset Parkinson's, like there's a lot of things. And you do see patients who present at an early age with Parkinson's. And when they do, you can pretty much bet that they're going to have a tougher course than a lot of other people. So there, there's not a specific gene that's been identified is the cause of a benign essential tremor. It is a condition that's passed along family member to family member in an autosomal dominant fashion, which means to say that it only takes one person to have it to be able to pass it on. And it's probably more than half of people that have a essential tremor have a family history of that. It's not uncommon to have a patient say that they have multiple family members for multiple generations. Uh, because it's, and, and you have a lot of things passed along to families, but this is something that people notice. And so it's something people talk about. And so people do uh, talk about the fact that great granddaddy had it when he used to try to sew up a sock or something back on the porch in upstate South Carolina before they had heating and air. That's where I'm from. If y'all didn't know that, that's where I'm from. And that sounds just like my family. And now my family's going to be calling me and saying, you know, I don't appreciate you talking about us like that on your podcast. So um, anyway, I got distracted. So Parkinson's is a result of the loss of dopamine. I mentioned that earlier in what's called the substantia nigra of the brain. Now, Parkinson's disease is 
is currently currently is not known as far as exactly the specific cause, but it's suspected it's a combination of genetic predisposition and environmental causes. And I have to be real honest when you when you read or, or hear people say that something is probably a combination of they really don't know. That, that the bottom line is they really don't know what causes it. It happens. Uh, we can't really prevent it. We can't diagnose it until symptoms start to show up. So it can be very difficult. Uh, and and the truth is we really don't have a good handle on that. Uh, about 20% probably of people that have Parkinson's have a family history. It's not like an essential tremor at all in that regard. Both of these tremors are affected by emotion. And and that's not uncommon at all. And not just with Parkinson's, not just the tremor, but I mentioned the the lack of mobility and lack of movement stuff. And that also is affected by emotion in a, a big way when people have Parkinson's. So if you have someone who you're concerned might have uh, a Parkinson's tremor, I think it's very important to try to get that person to go to their doctor and try to make that diagnosis. Cause I will tell you that it, it's something that can progress quickly and you want to have these people seen by a neurologist. You want to have them uh, be diagnosed for sure. You want to rule out other causes and you also want to have them get started on a treatment as soon as you possibly can. Now, as far as tremors go both, well, not with Parkinson's, but with an essential tremor, you can also have a stroke that can make you have a tremor. And again, that's something you want to be sure about. You can have a thyroid problem. If your thyroid level is too high, then that can give you a tremor. There are some uh, heart medications that can make you have a tremor. Decongestants like Sudafed, which I don't think anybody should ever take ever, frankly, uh, can make you have a little tremor. Uh, Medications for breathing problems, over-the-counter ones especially. Uh, Primatine mist, I think it's out there again. They took it off the market for a while, but I think it's out there again. Absolutely can give you a tremor. Too much caffeine can even give you a tremor. And and a lot of times with medications, those are not conditions where you have this essential tremor. Those are just your trembling because of whatever medication it is. So if you do go to the doctor with a tremor, I think you're going to find that they do an exam and they check you out fully neurologically and then look at your tremor and see what it's like. And then they'll do blood tests. They'll do uh, a physical in general. But don't be surprised if it's not a clear-cut case of a benign essential tremor if they do refer you to a neurologist. Uh, I think most people would end up doing that, and I think that's a good thing because you want to be completely sure and you want to be thorough in the diagnosis, and also you want to get started on the treatment. Now, I'm going to talk mainly about the treatment for the essential tremor because the treatment of Parkinson's changes a lot. There's a lot of research going on. And frankly, that's something that in our case, at least, uh, we tend to let the neurologist uh, treat Parkinson's because it's it's something that we are not, we don't just don't do it every single day. And so it's something we're not in, for the most part, comfortable with. Um, but for an essential tremor, there are really two main things that we use to treat it with. And I tell patients, if you drink alcohol and you have a tremor, If you're concerned about whether or not the tremor is a bad type of tremor like Parkinson's, have a drink of alcohol. Because if you have a tremor and you drink some alcohol, it's probably going to go away. And I'm not recommending that for treatment. I'm just saying it's part of the 
a way you can know before you go through all this process to know whether or not you have any sort of bad tremor. Alcohol has no impact on a Parkinson's tremor. And mild tremors, of course, probably in most cases, don't need any sort of treatment. But if it interferes with your ability to do stuff, then it's worth doing absolutely. And my favorite way to treat uh, an essential tremor is with a beta blocker. Um, I mentioned some of the things medication-wise that can uh, make you have a tremor. And the reason they do that is because they mimic adrenaline. Adrenaline attaches to your beta receptors in your body. And if you block those beta receptors, adrenaline can't attach to them and do its thing. And its thing in this case is to make the muscles move. And so if you take a beta blocker, you can really knock a tremor out very effectively um, in no time at all. And they have next to no side effects other than that. They're the kind of thing you can take when you want to. You know, if you don't, if tremor doesn't bother you at certain times, you don't have to. But if you have to do something and you know you have to write or somebody's going to be watching you, then you can take one of these and they work very well. They work quickly. They last four to six hours and they're not going to bother you at all. So if a tremor like that is something that you deal with, you definitely should talk to your family doctor about that. And for Parkinson's especially, there are, like I said, a long list of medications, but they also use a good bit of physical therapy to help with the Parkinson's patients because they can help to get them a little bit stronger. They can help a little bit with coordination and that kind of thing. And I think it's it's really good uh, for those patients to do some physical therapy because it can be very difficult. Living with Parkinson's is very difficult. Living with an essential tremor is really not. It's a matter of just doing things a little differently, uh, holding a glass in a way that you're not shaking. So if you have a, a wine glass, I think you'll notice if you do it at home, if you take the glass and hold it by the the cup itself, if it has a long stem on it, hold it by the cup itself, you might shake some. But if you hold it by the stem, you're going to find you shake a lot more because anytime you're trying to do something and a finer motion, you're going to find that you tremble more. Uh, so I think that kind of thing, and you know, that really makes the essential tremor uh, it, for the vast majority of people just a nuisance and not much of anything else. And Parkinson's is a whole different level. Uh, it's of course progressive. If you don't know that it is, uh, it 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 can be just devastating, really. And so the quicker you can get on medication for a Parkinson's tremor, the better off you're going to be. The essential tremor, like I said, you can treat it now and again on an as-needed basis, and it's it's really not too bad. But it's important to know, so if you're dealing with a tremor, I encourage you to go see your family doctor and get some information. And for now, that's to your health. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is sponsored by Village Medical making your primary care more caring. Village Medical is a new way to well. To learn more, go to villagemedical.com.